Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Um, I love when someone I know reaches out and says, I have a guest who would be great on your podcast. And so that's what today's episode is. Welcome, Erica Nieto. We don't know each other. We're going to get to know each other in this episode. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about your life after abortion and what grief has looked like, what feminism has looked like um anything you want to share with this audience but first why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners in whatever way feels good for you today you can yeah. make things up no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> whatever you feel like the way you want to show up today okay um so my name is Erica Nieto uh, my pronouns are she her and hers I am 29 years old, almost 30, flirty and thriving. I'm very excited for my 30th birthday next year. I love it. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited to be here. This is, um, one of my first podcast guest features. Mm -hmm. Um, and I couldn't be more pleased that it's about a topic that I am very outspoken about and, believe needs to be talked about more and in in these types of ways where it's very natural and like you're talking about life and you know there doesn't need to be a sad negative spin on it and I I really enjoy that and appreciate the work that you do to to get these messages out there to people who need them mm, thank you for being here um there will never be a shortage of ways we can talk about abortion and add value to the world. So <laughs> I don't anticipate this podcast going anywhere. And there are thousands and thousands more conversations to be had, like the one that we're about to have. So thank you for being a part of it. Um, do you want to, how do you want to start? Do you want to share a little bit of your story with us? Um, does that feel like a good place to to jump in and then we can just lead the conversation where it goes from there? Yeah. Or do you want to just say like, hey, I had a story. We don't need to talk about it. Let's talk about what life has been like since. Either yeah. Either direction works for me. I think a good place to start is just that I had an abortion in June of 2016. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where my, my healing journey with all of it obviously began at that point in time. Um, I did do an episode on my podcast, a lot to cover that goes really in depth on my personal story and kind of all of the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to focus on, yeah, kind of what life has been like since then and things that have changed and how my feelings have changed around it. My grief has changed around it. Um, and, and what life has looked like since. 
Yeah. So many people ask me like, well, how long did it take you to, and then they'll insert a, a, either a specific or just a general, like to heal, right. To talk about it, to tell your friends, to have sex again, to, there's always a two. And my answer is always, I will tell you, but it doesn't mean anything because it looks different for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So what has your, if you could give like, we'll go into maybe, well, we'll surely go into more specifics, but if your um if your abortion was in June of 2016, do you rem- I do remember some personal milestones. Like I think the first year um was a lot of thinking about it and then at year 1 things sort of shifted and then I remember another shift for me around year 3. Do you have any like any like sort of milestones like that that you remember in your life after abortion? journey I guess I've never really thought about them in the sense of like milestones um I would definitely say yes I don't know that I have like a specific time frame but you can definitely feel that shift you're talking about and like the way that you're thinking about it or feeling about it and it can come from like a myriad of things like different life experiences being you know being involved in a different situation meeting someone else who's had an abortion like lots of things can impact the way that you feel about it and the way that you carry it um I would definitely agree that the year like the first year after was the the most difficult um the me too movement was going on and was very everywhere in your face um so I feel like during that time I I had to grieve it often I had to think about it a lot because it was in the news it was in the media and you couldn't really get away from it yeah so yeah that that first year first year and a half was really definitely a struggle I'm not gonna lie like it was hard it was hard dealing with the guilt and the shame that is perpetuated, especially again with such a time that reproductive rights and abortion were actively being, you know, talked about and debated and they still are. Yeah. I mean, now we've had the overturn of Roe v. Wade, which is really depressing and sad. And again, experienced an- another shift in the way that you deal with it and handle it when things on that scale are happening. Yeah, it is when it's in the news like that, it is, it's, um, I was going to say harder to escape, but it's just like giving you more and more points of contact, right? Like there's more and more points where it's asking you to decide how you want to think about your experience. Absolutely. Um, And like the pressure as well to, to speak about it Mm -hmm. or, you know, during that time when you for me, the grief was so new, so fresh, so unknown Yeah, that it was like a combined with that. And then like the pressure of like, well, I had one, you know, I feel like I need to speak up. I feel like I need to say something. And, you know, it's, it's pressure that you, you are putting on yourself, but it's caused by what's going on in society. Yeah. Um. So that was definitely very, very difficult for me um, in the, the first year, year and a half or so after having the abortion. 
Um, and I think in addition to that, it was a lot of self questioning, self doubt, self mm-hmm. just, just all of that. Did I do the right thing? Was this what I was supposed to do? Is this the life I'm supposed to be leading now after making that decision? Um, and, and yeah, it's just a lot of, I think that a lot of it happens in your mind, obviously, like there's just, it's not something that I was necessarily comfortable talking with other people about other friends, family members. Um, my mom is the one who took me to get my abortion. She, you know, was, was there during my entire pregnancy where I was very, very sick and ill, you know, she helped me and I, I didn't want to talk to her about it. I, you know, and she was the one who, who helped me and supported me through it. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely something that I dealt with internally for, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with it internally? What was your go-to? Um, did, did you have a period of time where you kind of bottled it up and dealt with it by ignoring it? Did you deal with it by seeking out resources, um, finding, you know, a a therapist or a counselor? Like what does dealing with it, what did it mean to you to deal with it? I definitely think there was some bottling up at first. I I kind of wanted to just disappear, sink in on myself and just not have to deal with it in, in any way. Yeah. Um, is a very, very heavy feeling, um, And I think just because of my situation, I wasn't using any form of birth control. I wasn't using any kind of protection. Um, And so that was another layer of guilt that I Mm -hmm. felt and that I didn't feel like I had the right to to be upset or to be sad or to grieve my child. Um, So that was another like keeping it inside because nobody will feel bad for me or nobody will understand why I did what I did and all of those things. So I definitely think internally it was a lot, it's a lot of beating myself up, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I have been in therapy. Oh God, over a decade now. So I was in therapy during that time. Unfortunately, my therapist retired shortly after I had my abortion. Oh, um, yeah. So I went about a year without therapy because she had someone lined up to take her place and, you know, tried to make the connection. But because of the the state I was in mentally, I was like, no way. I'm not talking to this lady. I'm not telling her this super private, like something immediately that just happened. Like I just was not feeling it. You hadn't built trust yet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went about a year and I just think in that time, I really tried to just kind of push it away, yeah. push it away, move on from it. Um, and I really, again, I was hard on myself. I don't think I was allowing myself during that time to grieve, grieve it. And at some point that comes back, you know, it, it's, it's still there, you know? So in that first year and a half, two years, probably when I was just kind of like, shove it away, shove it away, just keep moving, keep going through life. Um, that was difficult. So I, I eventually did go and see this therapist that, you know, had been basically waiting on me for over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was one of the first things that I told her because it was obviously something that I, like I had been struggling with. 
Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a thing, you know, it wasn't a huge deal in the therapy session. It was just like, okay, well, what's been the impact of that? How has that affected your mental health? How has that affected the way you feel about yourself? Um, and there was no shaming. There was no guilting there. You know, it was a very good, positive experience with my therapist, which I am eternally grateful for. Yeah. Um, so I think at, at that point, I finally started realizing that I was allowed to grieve. I was allowed to yeah. think about the situation and talk about the situation openly without fear of people telling me that I couldn't or that I shouldn't be or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, definitely took took a couple years to get to that point and to feel that reassurance that I, I could talk about these things. I could you know, let it be a piece of my life that I shared with others. And, and it's not, I've experienced different traumas throughout my life that I generally have no problem sharing with people and telling people about. Yeah. And this was one of the things that I was like, there's no way there. I can't tell them they're going to, they're going to shame me. They're going to judge me. They're going to never talk to me again. Um, and even in my, I, my episode, I, one of my best friends since middle school, I, told her that I had suffered a miscarriage because I was so, so full of shame and guilt that at that point in time, I thought that was the better choice. And not until I just recently did that podcast episode, did I tell her the truth. Yeah. And that was years. And now, you know, I'm in a different place, but I feel more guilt about that and that lie because I know there are people who genuinely have miscarriages and genuinely deal with fertility issues and all of that. But my, my shame and my guilt was so swirling and, you know, fully encompassing of my life at that point in time, that that was, that was my decision. Um, so again, things change and, it has taken a, a, a lot of time and a lot of healing, but to now have everyone in my life know the truth and, and still love me and yeah. still show up for me and still respect me, you know, it just, it goes to prove that we're a lot harder on ourselves than anyone else can be. Can you imagine yourself hearing the words you just shared in the last whatever however long we've been talking and receiving them like hearing them and okay here's the question I'm trying to ask sometimes when you're in it the only way out is time so can you imagine hearing the words you just shared back then and having them had unlocked something, shifted something, or in that state was the way through time? Yeah, I definitely think it was time because yeah, even at that point, there was, there was people speaking about abortion, you know, being active in the community, sharing their stories, sharing their lives after, 
And that's not something that I sought out in like my healing process, or I just didn't maybe realize was a thing. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree that time has been of the utmost importance in this process. Yeah. And in addition to that, with that time going internally, doing therapy, if that works for you. And it it does for me, that's been very helpful in my healing process. Um, and just, yeah, being understanding, I think, I think at that time, had I heard these words, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have changed the way that I felt because that feeling is so, so deep into the core, especially when you have previous life traumas and you already have kind of this this self-image and this self-belief that you're you're bad and you're a bad person and then you do something that society also says is a bad thing to do you're a bad person Mm -hmm. so it really you know kind of just gets loaded on top of that and again this is why therapy has been so so important for me and my, my healing journey. Um, cause, cause talking, talking is the way that I, I process things and I work things out in my head. And, um, so that's been very, very important. And now I think that I'm at a space, you know, if you would have told me even five years ago that I would record a podcast episode of my story. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks later, go on to another podcast and talk about it even more. I would have been like, that's a lie. There's yeah. no way that I would do that. Yeah. And to be at a place in my life where I am no longer ashamed and I no longer feel guilty for the choice that I made for my life. I have chills right now. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's, it's, I wish back then that I knew I would be here now yeah. and that I knew it was, it would be possible to get here. And I think when you're in that space and when you're, you know, in that real dark internal place, it's hard to see. It's hard to see outside of that and to see what life can be beyond the that experience and the healing from that experience and what it's going to look like on the other side. And it's, you know, I couldn't have imagined what my life looks like now when I made that decision, you know, and it's just, it's allowed me to live my life how I want to live my life. And I don't have any shame about that. Yeah. Yeah. I even asked the question in the first place, just to, there's no right answer. Like for everyone, there's some different balance of trying new things, staying engaged in what's possible. And I like, I am by no means saying time is what will heal you just sit and wait no that is not what healed erica like um, along the journey even though there was a lot of self um like beating yourself up and a lot of hiding and a lot of avoiding and a lot of um there was also exposing yourself to therapy so i bring it up to say it's going to look different for everybody but there's this balance of like sometimes you're just in it and there's no well sometimes might not be the right word because what I was about to say is there's no easy button out 
It's not like if I had done this, it would have been faster. <laughs> right. Um, there's never an easy button out, which is why I sort of like self-corrected there. But <clears throat> it's this balance of it's not just wait for it to go away, but it's also not let me find the one thing that will quickly shift it and make everything better. So it's this perseverance of being like, this feels terrible. I have guilt. I have grief. I have shame. I have self-doubt. I keep wondering what if, and I'm still going to keep showing up and looking at it or at least exposing myself to what's possible. Um, So yeah, for the person who's listening, just going like, well, that's possible for Erica, but it's not possible for me. That's possible for Amanda, but it's not possible for me. Like we felt that way too at one point. <laughs> mm-hmm. We would have been listening to this podcast in our deepest, darkest points and been like, well, that's nice for them, but my life will be different. I'm doomed. I will never get through this. Um, keep going, right? Like find some step forward. Um, and it may just be that. 23rd time you hear it's possible to heal that you believe it's possible to heal and it's worth the other 22 times that you didn't believe it was going to happen for you um yeah absolutely and I think I I think looking back that I wish I would have looked for resources like this when I was feeling the way that I did um I just don't think a lot of people realize that there are resources like this um, and that more are coming and more developing, especially since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Like we are building communities and sharing our stories, sharing how we have moved through life um, after our abortions and how that is possible for everyone, even though it's going to look different, it is possible. Um, And even though it's going to take time and that amount of time is going to be different, it is possible. And I think that's, that's what I would encourage you to hold on to that there is and can be healing on the other side of this. And for people who don't ever have to experience that and can make that decision and feel comfortable. I I personally have not come across anybody who has not dealt with some layer of shame, guilt, you know, beating themselves up around an abortion. But I hope that at one day it is a normal medical procedure that you go and get done and it doesn't have to impact you for years to follow. Yeah. I understand that people will never feel that way but I just hope for a future in which that can be a choice that can be an option yeah for me I think there's this nuance of like I don't wish we as humans never experience guilt shame grief self-doubt questioning like that we're human like all that's going to happen I wish that we are in a place where we can access abortion as a part of our health care and the guilt, shame, grief, self-doubt we're experiencing is just coming from the natural course of being a human who makes decisions and then wonders about them versus society telling us like, 
you're a murderer you're a, you're doomed to whatever you're you have no heart like all the shit that comes from like the social messaging um I think something I notice a lot with my clients who come to me is like if I'd made a different decision, I never would have felt shame. If I made a different decision, I never would have had to feel guilt. If I made a different decision, I wouldn't be questioning myself. And I'm always reminding people, you would be questioning yourself. You would be experiencing shame. You would be experiencing guilt. It would just be about something else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so abortion does become this opportunity to, to say, I had an abortion. I'm experiencing grief and that's okay. Grief does not mean something has gone wrong. Shame doesn't even mean something has gone wrong. It just means I'm a human having a human experience and it's okay to talk about the fact that I'm feeling shame. It's okay to talk about the fact that I have some guilt. And when I unpack that, what can I learn about myself? What can I offer to other people? What can I, what career can I go after? What relationship am I willing to try? Um, It's okay to have guilt, shame, grief, self-doubt, all the things. Like, it doesn't mean anything about you, even if it comes after abortion. Just means you're human. I am very glad to hear you say that. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I have never really, I guess, thought about it in that way, um, that these this is just part of the human experience. And it's it's going to happen at some point, at many points. Um, and I agree that not having to wade through the societal bullshit of everything else would have made the process a million times easier if yeah. I would have been able to focus all of that energy on me. And not defending myself or proving myself or proving that I made the right decision, uh, whatever proving. it is. Yes. <laughs> the proving. Yeah. Let's talk about that next, but keep Yeah, but I that interrupted you, it but... was so it's so energy depleting when you're having to do that rather than focus on healing yourself and yeah. the experience that you went through and you know how to move forward with that. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate, you know, the the that perspective on it. Is there a time you remember a shift around, I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to do anything, be anything, show anything to defend my my choice. I've gone through multiple shifts mm-hmm. regarding that, that kind of feeling that you're talking about. Um, I would say early on, one of the the weirder phases that I went through with my my healing from this was the feeling that I had to have a child now to make up for the oh, abortion no. that I had had. Oh, so glad you brought that up. Super common. Yes. So that was a very, very weird place to be in, especially knowing internally I did not want children. Yeah. I still don't want children. And to feel that like, weird imbalance internally was a very very odd time it didn't last very long but it was I definitely felt it and I wasn't necessarily expecting that but that was definitely something that 
Yeah. I, I, I would say probably another thing that happened around the year and a half, two year mark in, in that time window, kind of after that, I've dealt with the initial shit of it all, I think. And then like, okay, well, now what can I do to prove that I did the right thing? Or, you know, what can I do to prove that my life is worth what I did? Um, so that shift happened. And then I, I think it's just been a very slow acceptance of talking a bit more openly about it. Even in my personal relationship, I am still with my partner that I experienced the abortion with Mm -hmm. and even talking with him. Mm-hmm. has not been something that we've really commonly done and again in those first few years it was never never yeah. talked about so now I feel like I'm in a place where I can finally give myself the space and the room to feel those little moments of grief that I have mm-hmm. like when I'm hanging out with my friends and their kids I mean, like, wow, you know, I, I wonder, you know, it's it's something that you wonder, but it's not something that I would change. Yeah, such an important distinction. Mm-hmm. Wondering doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. It just means you're a human pondering a question. Exactly. Sometimes with some emotions attached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's just been... It's been a relief i would say in in this last probably year um that i finally feel like i'm in a space of like not not beating myself up like yeah. it's you know society is society and that's going to keep going on doing things like this creating communities like this is what i feel like i can do to contribute to a different society and what I would like to see. Um, but I just, I feel like I can finally wonder openly. Mm, loud. I love that. And not have to feel shitty about it. Yeah. Or like, I don't deserve to, you know, not celebrate, but acknowledge the anniversary every year. And in my my way that I do it, it is it is similar to a birthday, the way that I spend my time on that day every year and acknowledge that even though I did not have my child, I still love their spirit and their soul. And I still mm. love all of that. Yeah. And I am allowed to carry them with me. Oh, my life full and body chills <laughs> it's just it feels really good to be at this place where I can openly say even though my child's not here with me I love them and I know them and I will meet them again mm. when I'm ready and that's just an amazing 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 place to be that I hope and pray that everyone can get to in this process if that is where they want to be with it it is where I want to be with it. I yeah. am very pleased to be openly discussing this with you and not bawling my eyes out. It's a yeah. very good 
feeling and a very normalizing feeling. And I, I want that to be the message that this is normal. And all of the experiences after whatever that may be for you and whatever that might look like is just part of your journey and your healing process. And nobody has room to speak on that but you. Yeah. Okay. I have some questions. <laughs> um, can I go back to this feeling because so many people have it? And maybe it's fresh enough for you that you remember it. I actually can't say I ever had this feeling of like, I have to have a child to make up for this. Is it, do you remember? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I never had this feeling, but it is so common. Like way more people who come to me for coaching experience this than don't. Do you remember what you thought would have happened in that state, what you thought would have shifted if you did have a child after? Like, I don't think that the way that I was viewing it, there wasn't any thought of the future, really. It was more of how do I get rid of this feeling that I'm having right now? Like, I'm going to tell myself that I can have kids in the future. I'm going to tell myself that I'll make up for this in the future. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a house. I'm going to do all these things. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of relieve this feeling that I'm having right now of the guilt and of did I make the right decision? Um, so the way you're saying it now, I'm hearing almost like getting pregnant again having a living child um the way you're saying it that I'm hearing is more like it's not that that would necessarily prove anything more that it would replace it's almost like like there's a there's a void and I could fill it with another child and that would like complete that puzzle and I could not feel empty anymore so yeah. like am I hearing that right I think that makes sense from what I'm saying yeah, yeah I could definitely I could see that as the feeling like something's feeling like something's missing or something's supposed to be here and just again that pressure yeah that it's not and that you chose not to have it be that way yeah um I think it's it's a little bit of wanting to regain a sense of control too um and feeling like i i can make up for this or i can rectify the situation in some way that will make it okay mm -hmm. um, but yeah that was a very and I don't, because... I don't know that i told anybody about it until recently because yeah. I, until you just told me that it's a very common experience super common i i didn't realize that the majority, I would say, at least of people I talk to. Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of people. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, there is such value in, I, I know it's like a really simplistic way to see it, but like a lot of us feel an emptiness after choosing an abortion. It's like there's this hole and we want to fill it so badly. <laughs> Cause, but we don't really know 
we don't really understand it, but we want to fill it and make it go away. Mm-hmm. And when you let that space that you've created, that emptiness, just sit there and allow yourself to be uncomfortable around it for however long it takes versus just filling it in um, with the next dopamine hit, which for some people might be alcohol, drugs, porn, right? Like some people would just fill it in with that. But then there's this hormonal element, this maternal hormonal element that's like, I'll fill it in with a child. That's going to be love. <laughs> that will feel is like that love. what that is. That that's makes the, sense. That's the ultimate dopamine hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it leads me to this other question I wanted to ask you. When you even though it didn't feel good, when you spend time in the discomfort of that without filling it in, who are you now? Like, who have you become because you've been through this? You have let yourself go through so much discomfort around it. You've shown up and from my perspective, to some degree, you must have believed in yourself believed that something else was possible or you would have given up right like who have you become because you've been through this for me the biggest piece of my identity that has developed from this experience oh what a good way to put it is my own self-belief And the fact that I know myself better than anybody ever will. Mm -hmm. Even my most beloved friends, my closest family members, only you know you truly Mm -hmm. deeply into the core. So I think that over time and through other experiences I've had in, in the time that has passed, I finally feel confident in the choices that I make in in all areas of my life and I know that I have the ability to overcome pretty much anything you really can prove to yourself a lot of the times what you are capable of enduring and sometimes even at your own hand you know what you do yourself yeah Um, so I think on the other side of that, you you can find out how capable you are of giving yourself patience and, you know, time for healing, time for just everything. And again, allowing yourself that human experience and not feeling like it needs to go away or you need to fix it or fill it or whatever it is. Um, and just, yeah, knowing that There will be uncomfortable times in life. There will be not great times. Um, But that, again, with time and intention, that you can overcome those things and that you can live a life that you are proud of and that fulfills you and that you feel whole in without filling in anything or, you know, separating yourself into different pieces to make it all work you can be whole and you can live a whole life as you are so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from my experiences trusting myself that's it mic drop 
I I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it is abortion, one or many is one of it's just such a unique, raw, vulnerable opportunity to get to know yourself and to build self trust and to have your own back and to um find a level of compassion that you didn't know existed like it it is and the the whole point for me is when you build that you're willing to take other risks you're willing to go after other things in life because you you know like hey in the end whatever happens I've got me I can trust me to figure it out I might not like it (laughs) it might not feel good but I'm gonna be okay I can handle that I I can face whatever might come and you go after different things in life yeah absolutely matters the reward of that is so so much greater I'm happy to finally finally be in that place and again it might take you years to get there but (laughs) life just keeps on lifing for me it just keeps going so I feel like I have time (laughs) you know yeah yeah and even I mean okay so it's been seven years yes just past seven years Mm -hmm. um it sounds like a long time but you have would you say you're almost 30? Yeah, I'm going to be 30 you've, next year. <laughs> you have a good 50 more years <laughs> that you get to live in this way with this self-belief because you've been through this in this way. Exactly. That's amazing. amazing. And that's, that's one thing. And I'm a huge proponent for therapy. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but it has been super impactful on my life. And the one thing that I try to tell people that although therapy is uncomfortable and difficult, that you can get out the other side with new skills and new actions, new behaviors, and continue to live out the rest of your life that way. Or you can continue to sit in the shame and the hurt and the guilt and never get anywhere because you you keep beating yourself up. You keep telling yourself that you're deserving of that shame and guilt and all of that. And you're not, nobody is. So I, yeah, that's just, please, please, please be gentle with yourself. Um, If you're experiencing this right now, going through this recently, um, be ever so gentle with yourself and Mm. show yourself as much love as you can muster. And I know that's so incredibly difficult but just know that it's it's possible again you are such a lovely human being thank you so much for having this conversation um that's really been a pleasure and I know it's going to be valuable for people is there anything you didn't say that you want to wrap up with or I I don't even know Again, you were a referral from somebody else I know. Um, the someone else I know is a coach. 
are you in the coaching world? Like what is, can people find you, follow you, learn more from you? (laughs) Um, I mean, I am not in the coaching world. Anna was actually a guest on my podcast that I do with my friend. Um, But you can find me on Instagram at Erica22, A-R-E-K-A-22. I'm very active on Instagram. I share a lot of stuff related to reproductive health and all other forms of social justice and activism. Um, so I'm always on there. You can feel free to listen to the podcast that I do. I'm again, very open about all other events that have happened in my life, um, things like that. But I just want to say that I so, so, so appreciate you and the work that you're doing and the podcast that you've created to be a resource for people, because I know that it would have benefited me in my time of need. Um, and I, I, I truly, truly hope that this episode could do that for others and all of your other episodes have helped people. And I know that they have, and I know that they will continue to do so. So I just want to say, I'm eternally grateful for you and for people like you who want to uplift our voices and share our stories. And Mm. that's so incredibly important. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. Um, I am, have zero doubt that this episode will be immensely healing for somebody so you have added to the you have added to the resources I feel a little bad because I found your Instagram account and I clicked follow but it moved your number from 444 to 445 oh I just ruined that pretty number No worries. We'll just shoot for 555 next. (laughs) There we go. There we go. So everyone go follow to get to get back up. I'm one of those weirdos who likes numbers like that. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'm right there with you. Anyway, I'm so glad I get to follow you now. And um, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.